He is none other than Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I've been bringing a piece of candy for you to look at. You might be able to taste it later, too. <laughs> Will Ferrell. I also ran into John Elway in the bathroom. He could have he given me a forearm shiver there. <laughs> Could have rammed my head. Long snapping expert Adam Carolla. We don't call ourselves long snapping what? expert. What do we We're, call ourselves? You just say black belt. You don't say black belt <laughs> karate expert. Black belt says it all. Matthew Perry. Our casting director said, "What about Nick Jonas? He's a pretty good actor." And I said, "Okay, great. Someone tell me who he is." <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Presented by Papa John's, here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the Draft Week edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's. We are finally here, the week of the NFL Draft, and uh, we could not be more excited to have this, this podcast all set up and running for you to get you ready for the week. We've got Mike Mayock giving you the, his latest thoughts on his draft board and, and which quarterbacks may be taken first and who goes where. We'll have Thomas Dimitrov give you the general manager's point of view. He's the guy who is in charge of the draft and of the picking of groceries for the Atlanta Falcons, an actual general manager from the NFL. He will be here, a contest winner from Papa John's. Uh, lengthy season-long contest on who has the best fantasy football team in the country. Uh, apparently one fantasy football league has been chosen above the rest, thanks to our sponsor from Papa John's and their year-long competition. The winner, the commissioner of the winning group, who will be at Radio City Music Hall this week, he will join us on the podcast, as will the actor and soon-to-be author Rob Lowe. He's a big Colts fan. He's got a new book out called Stories I Only Tell My Friends, and he will be on the podcast not only this week, but next week as well as he's promoting his new book, and he's a, a big-time actor. Couldn't be more excited to have him on the podcast that kicks off with one of the top talents available in the podcast, a national champion, an undefeated Auburn Tiger. Yes, sir. Nick Fairley, good to have you on the podcast. Glad to be here. Good to see you. Yes, sir. Are Same you here. a big movie buff? Kind of, sort of. Not what do you mean, kind of, sort of? You not a, you not too a... big on movies. Really? Yeah. So if I asked you your favorite movie, you wouldn't really remember have Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans? Yeah. See, but you spit that one out pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, because that's my favorite movie. <laughs> okay. But other than that, you don't, yeah. you don't really do that? Not big on So what are you, what are you big on? Um, I kind of play video games, big on okay. spending time with family. Okay, you know? spend time with family. Yes, sir. Because a lot of people are wondering what, what, what you're big on. Yeah. Because people are saying, you know, about Nick Fairley, football may not be that uh, important to him. Is why that, I don't know. You tell me. What am I hearing all this stuff about? I really don't know. I really don't know. Okay. Oh yeah, it's second nature now. Footballs. See, I went right. See, yeah. I went right in on you. On yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that's that's yeah. the that's that's what it, that's that's because you're you're incredibly talented. I yes, mean, sir. you you can take over football games. People saw that in the national championship game. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. So so, if I ask you your love of football, what what's your response on something like My that? My love of football, is the love of the game. It's passionate. You know, being able to go out, going out, doing something I love and have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. So. Basically, like I said, playing defense, you know, going out and hit guys, and just not being get, able to get in trouble for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this question. I'm mm-hmm. going to right into it, too. Did, did you miss a flight to the combine? My flight was delayed. Your flight was delayed? Yes. Okay, so you, did, you didn't blow off a flight oh, or nah, anything like that? Oh, not at all. Okay. I was ready to go to the combine, actually. So, and, and, and when you were at the combine, did you huh? miss any meetings at the no, combine? No, sir. So what am I hearing? I don't know. It came out to me. When that came out, uh, actually, the flight was delayed. Me- 
me and the Texan, Texan whole coaching staff was on the same flight. The whole Houston Texans coaching staff. We was on the same flight. So, so uh, Kubiak, everybody. It was delayed. You were chilling in you were did you, in Houston. Did, in, in Houston. Yeah. So did you delayed. have Did you have a Cinnabon or a Sparrow's Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just <laughs> late. I had to uh, get, end up getting another flight to go out there. Okay. I was able. To. So, so you're 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 not blowing anything off, is what you're saying? Oh, not at all. So why why are we hearing all this stuff? Why do you think? I, I, why do you think you, you want to know? Uh, actually, you, I want to know. I want to get down to the source too. You know, get mm-hmm. down to the guy that actually you know started a room and everything, and sit down and talk to him and see see how it came about. Right. Yeah. Are any of these questions that I'm giving you right now uh-huh. similar to the ones that you're getting from National Football League teams? Yes, actually, they asked me. Uh, did I miss? Like you said, miss a flight to uh, to Indy, and they uh, they end up doing some research and finding out that you know that team. Yeah, we could find that stuff yeah. out. I yeah. mean, I'm, believe me, I'm, I'm you know I'm not going to go to continental.com I I absolutely take your word 100% because again I mean it's just it's it's so fun to watch you Uh and the way you you impact things Uh, I have fun out there I mean that's that's just one thing I always talk to Coach Rock before a game and he always tell me before I go out mm -hmm. go have fun Mm because it's a game that you have fun doing you know so I just go out there and try to have fun with my teammates and uh, hopefully come back with a W. What do you think is your best attribute, then? Let me my ask best you that. Yeah. To the team? Um, probably would be leading by the example. You know, I'm not a vocal leader. I'm not the guy that's going to stand up in the locker room at halftime mm-hmm. and talk and try to give a prep talk. I'm going to go out there on the field and tell the guys, come on, jump on my back. Let's go get this W. Let's go get a win. Right, and knock heads. No, no. That's what you, you, you like. You, you like going out there and, and, and hunting the quarterback. Yes, sir. Who, do, who, who what, who, which player did you model? Do you model yourself after then? Which, which Reggie White, growing up, Reggie White was him, Warren Sapp. You know, I think those guys like played defensive line position the way it should be played. Right. You know, so I just try to modify, like I said, modify my game a little bit behind those guys. And Coach Rocker, you know, my defensive line coach at Auburn, I took everything he said to heart because right. he played the position, he knew what it took. So everything he taught me, I try to take it to another level. He, he's with the Tennessee Titans. Yes, sir. Not. Yeah. They choose eighth overall, do they not? Yes, sir. They do. I'm putting two and two together. I, I know you want to be number one overall. I, I understand that. Okay. Uh, but where where do you think where do you think you are right now in this draft order? Where do you uh, think you are? Probably your guess is better than mine. You know, because I, I really don't have a guess. <laughs> but I, I mean, it, it it is again. Uh, I mean, you, you were talked about being number one overall. Yes, I mean, that, certainly that helps to to win a national oh, championship yeah. Oh, yeah. to do that sort of thing. Do you feel that this evaluation um, process has been unfair to you? Do you feel it's unfair? Oh yeah, very unfair. Everything that's coming up, you know, is not that's not me. I, like the thing that came up with the character issue, I don't know where that comes from either. So it's just I don't know. I just going with the flow with this process. You know, I'm doing everything that I that I could possibly do to put myself in the best position come t- come draft day uh, to get drafted high in a high position. So really, it's out of my hands. I think I'd visit all the teams that brought me in for visits. I, they went real good, uh, every team that I visit, and I just have to wait and see on 28. Let me ask you about Cam. Yes, sir. Let me ask you about Cam because, you know, you, I don't know what is with the, the Auburn players. People are getting, <laughs> you're, you guys are getting hammered by, yeah. by a lot of scouts. Uh, Cam, did, were there any problems in the locker room with him at all? 
Oh, no, nah, not at all. By the way, everyone Team at home, player. he was ra- he raised his eyebrows at me at that question. Because uh, no, you, you did, it's like, because it, it, wow. it, sort of, it, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a silly question, uh-huh. and it is a silly question, okay. but I only ask silly questions. No, <laughs> but it, it, it is, it, it, it's one of those things, again, that we keep hearing about Cam Newton, mm-hmm. you know, entertainer, icon, he doesn't take the game seriously. But if, to me, to me, uh-huh. to win a national championship and be undefeated, you have to, at that position, yes, you, you've yeah. got to be a leader. Oh, yeah. man. You have yeah. to be. Well, you are one of the guys who was in the locker room. Yes, sir. What, what do you say when you hear stuff about uh, Cam Newton the way that uh, he's being negatively portrayed? Uh, not true. You know, Cam, he's a very great leader, like you said. Uh, Cam, he comes into the locker room. He's very humble. He's He gets pep talks at halftime before games, you know, just leading us to get ready for a game. Like then. When it's game time, he leads by example too. So mm-hmm. when he's out there on the field, he's gonna leave it out there. He's gonna give it his all for you, and that just makes you as a team, one of his uh, as a teammate, make you want to give you all. If you see him out there busting, but trying to do what he can to provide a win for a team. So any any organization that would be concerned about drafting Cam Newton because of his love of the game, his work mm-hmm. ethic, you would say what? You should go get him. Very competitive. He's ready to go. I think Cam's gonna make a a great impact on the NFL. I can't wait to see myself. Okay. Yeah. And you you know, you may have to go hunt him down. You realize that, Nick? I already can. <laughs> you're you're, yeah, I, you're ready. I mean, that, that, that may very may, yeah. very well be possible. Are you going to New York? Yes, sir. You are? Yes, sir. So we're going to see you in Radio City Music Hall. I'll be week. there. Come come visit us. I we're, will. We're going to be, uh, I mean, there. we're going to, from from where you are on the stage, uh-huh. okay, let, let me help you out on this. Okay. Okay. You're going to be in the back. Who are you going to be with? Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad. Yes, sir. Part of the Fairly Posse? Yes. Okay, who else, who else is going to be there with you? Uh, probably my high school coach, my mentor, basketball, my agent. Who, who's that? Who's, who's your mentor? Kendrick Cleveland. He's my old high school basketball coach. Basketball yeah. coach? Yeah. What oh, was your what was what's your hoops game like? Oh, no, I could hoop back in the day in uh, high school. I was 22 Back point. in the day? How old are you? You're, 23. Okay. It's not long ago. I, was about to say, just, I, I won't pick up a ball forget, now. You're talking to a 41-year-old man. <laughs> okay. So back in okay. the day for me is when, you know, you were born. <laughs> but so so you you could hoop it up back in the day. Okay. And he's and he's your he's your mentor, your yes, basketball sir. coach? Yes, sir. What what did he teach you? Basically life skills, you know. He he always even in high school, he was always talking to me about life after football. It could you know what I'm saying, life in general. When I leave he was always telling me, When you leave high school you're into the real world. You know, you're not in, you're not there with mom and dad anymore. So mm-hmm. he always taught me that and got me ready to go. So he'll be there. Yes, That'll be a neat moment for yes, you, right? Sir. Oh, when, you yeah. get, when you get to walk out on that stage Very and, awesome. and your mentor and your mom and dad are back. I'm trying to make you cry right now. No, I ain't going to say one yet. All right. So, <laughs> so you're going to be there. So you're going to come on out. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's 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 pretty sweet place. Okay. I mean, boom. Yeah. It's, it's, all it's lights old school. You. Oh, yeah. And you look up at the... The ceiling, it's, it's just a beautiful, you know, it's like a, it's a landmark. It's a city landmark. Yes. It's unbelievable. And then you're going to be, you'll look up, and when you look up, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see a bunch of lights in the back of the room. Okay. On the right side yeah. will be NFL Network. Okay. On the left side will be some other network. Okay. That has, it has four letters in its name. Okay. They're, you know, they're popular. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. if, if you have to go <laughs> left light or right light, uh-huh. go Go, go to, right? Yeah, go, go right. right. Okay. Go the right way. Are, is, are you better going to your right than your left? Yeah, okay. that's why I'm going right. So it's an, it'll be a natural move for you okay. to go right, and then we'll be up there. Me, yeah. Mayock, Marshall, okay. Mariucci, and um, and uh, Michael Irvin. Yes. No wallflowers. Yeah. But Dion may intercept you first. 
Ah, where? Uh, right there on the stage. Okay. Uh, Dion may come get you first. Okay, then. That's all part of the experience. And then you are welcome at NFL Network anytime. Yes, sir. Nick Fairley. Okay, last, last word, last word. Say you have the stage mm-hmm. right here. And we're going to do this on Total Access later also on okay. TV. You have the stage, Nick Fairley. You say what to talent evaluators in the last week right before the draft? What do you say? Uh, who draft, whoever drafts me, we're going to get a great player, a hard worker, determined guy on the field, and looking to bring joy to the community. That's Nick Fairley. Good to have you here, bud. Thank you. Right here on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. Let's now get to the man of the hour, essentially. Uh, the man that everybody wants to know what he thinks. It's that time of year for Mike Mayock to talk about the NFL draft for ever and ever. And I couldn't want anybody more to my left than this man. He's the best in the business at it. He is uh, rejoining the podcast once again. Mike Mayock, good to speak with you, Mike. Thank you for having me, Rich. It's a good thing you're here to my right. Thank oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Serious, I, I, I don't say that lightly at, at all. Um, so uh, we just chatted with Nick Fairley. And um, I think he essentially said uh, he loves the game. He's going to be as great as he as he possibly can be, and he's not going to hold himself back. That that is that's that's the general gist in, uh, of the of the question mark with this young man, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And you know, in, in all my years doing this, I've I've never met a, a kid coming into the draft that said, you know what, I really don't like the game, and, and I'm hoping to cash out and never play hard again. So, <laughs> right. you know, I, I appreciate the attitude, and I like it, and, and you want to see that out of a kid. Now, the reality for me is anytime a kid has one year of heavy production in college, you have to ask why. And there are several kids that are potential top ten picks that I would file under the, the one-year wonder heading. You know, I mean, he's a one-year wonder. His, his quarterback is a one-year wonder. Bowers is a one-year wonder. Quinn is a one-year wonder. And trust me, all of them, we're not picking on on fairly. They're all under the microscope of NFL teams. And when you look at Fairley, he didn't qualify academically coming out of high school, two years of junior college, went to Auburn, had a very pedestrian junior year, 09 at Auburn. Rich, I think he had two starts. He had about 28 tackles, one or two sacks. So a very, very average 09 season, followed by a breakout season this year. And, you know, this kid is a gifted, gifted kid. But he is a one-year wonder, and because of that, teams are going to grind hard. How much do you love the game? What's your work ethic like? Why was 09 average? Where were you in 09? Uh, he plays with a high pad level on the field. He gets tends to get washed on double-team blocks. But Outside of all those things, let's face it, Rich, the NFL's a pass-first league, and this is a kid that can push the pocket regardless of where you you line him up, so he's going to be a valuable commodity. So let's, I guess, take it from the top, if we can. Um, do you think, as we are now finally in draft week, do you think Cam Newton's the first overall pick in this draft? You know, all, sign, all signs seem to indicate that. Um, I'm not convinced yet that, Carolina even knows exactly where they're going to go yet. And whether it's Newton, Darius, or Peterson, um, I think they would love to trade down. I don't think that's going to happen due to the uncertainty of the CBA. You know, you don't know what pay scale you're paying this kid when you draft him. Mm. So um, I think they're going to be stuck at number one. 
Marty Herney has never drafted a quarterback in the first round. And if he does so this year, he'll be admitting that he made a mistake with Jimmy Clawson at number 48 last year. So uh, with a team with a lot of defensive inadequacies and a quarterback they took in the second round last year, I'm not sure it's a slam dunk. And uh, uh, I still haven't decided who I'm putting into our mock draft there. <laughs> well, you have until Wednesday at, at 8 yep. Eastern time, essentially. Um, when you, because again, you you're not a mock drafter. I think you're 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 doing this because you've been asked. I mean, I, let's be honest. You're, you're you're not really a mock drafter, Mike Mack. I understand that. No, I just figure if I leave it, do it one time at the end, it, it actually means something. There you go. I like that. You just do it once, and you do it just the night before. And again, we're just going to have to remind everybody: it's just not the real draft. People could get confused. You know, certainly since we, certainly since we're, you know, it's being done in Radio City Music Hall. People could get completely confused that it's the real Especially thing. Especially when we have all 32 players coming down to shake our hands. That's perfect. <laughs> perfect. So, uh, so th- there's, you know, I know Elway had Gabbard in last Wednesday and he's been saying, hey, we, we're looking for the franchise player. And if he's a quarterback, we're taking him, even though we already have Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow and Brady Quinn sitting on our roster. You don't really think. You don't really think that the Broncos would pull the trigger on a quarterback second overall, do you? I don't think they would, and I give them credit for bringing quarterbacks in and doing their homework and also pretty much announcing to the league they're open for business if anybody would want to move up to two. Um, but, you know, it's a hard thing to step in with all those quarterbacks on the roster and say, that, and Rich, you know me, though. I mean, there's a conflict here in my own head, and I say all the time, Franchise quarterback trumps all other needs. Mm-hmm. So if they fully believe they don't have a franchise quarterback on their roster, and Gabbard or Newton is, they've got to do their homework. You know, at the end of the day, Kyle Orton's a better quarterback than a lot of teams have already, mm-hmm. which means either you keep him or he's a pretty valuable trade commodity in this quarterback crazy market that we're in right now. Uh, and you don't know what Tebow is or he isn't right now. So I would doubt it because I think Darius is just such a perfect fit for them and they have such dire defensive necessities that they better just think that Gabbard or Newton is the reincarnation of John Elway or John Elway shouldn't pull the, pull the trigger there. Do you think the Bills would take Gabbard? Or, you know, the conventional wisdom is that Newton fits Gailey's system, Newton is Gailey's guy, and Gabbard they're not really sold on. Do you think if Gabbard is sitting there at three, he's a Buffalo Bill? I think they're both developmental guys, Newton and Gabbard, and Rich... I've been doing this for a while now, and every year there's been one quarterback that I've kind of banged the table for. And this year I don't have one. I don't have one where I would say he's, he's a guy that I fully am committed to paying $50 million to right. he's a franchise quarterback. So I think they're sitting there and saying, Fitzpatrick's not a bad quarterback. No. And, you know, Von Miller is sitting out there, and the kid we drafted, Aaron Mabin from Penn State a couple years ago, is a complete washout at the rush linebacker. So, to me, Von Miller is a logical guy there. Do you think the Bengals go quarterback? Or, or you know, because the whole issue with this quarterback class is, I mean, it's been sort of all over the map. It's been, uh, you know, uh, one of the worst quarterback classes maybe in, in, in history. And then it could be one of the deepest where you get some superior value uh, at the end of the first round, if not the top of the second round. And, um, you know, the Bengals might want to take a receiver right right at the top and then wait 
to take somebody at the top of the second round. What do you think the Bengals draft strategy is going to be when it's all said and done? It's really interesting. It's, it's a supply and demand issue this year, especially with free agency behind the draft. And I could make a strong case that 10 of the first 16 teams drafting need a quarterback. And, and I think there's going to be a feeding frenzy. And, Rich, um, you know, going back as far as 1950, I haven't been able to find a year where eight quarterbacks went in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. And I think eight are, I know eight are going in the first three and maybe eight in the first two, although I, I'm not going to bang that table. But So it's going to be a historical year for a number of quarterbacks taken in the first three rounds, but I would make the argument not because they're great quarterbacks. I would make the argument because the necessity is higher than it's ever been. And because nobody knows in free agency whether they're going to get one of those three or four guys that may be available, there's going to be a feeding frenzy. And, you know, if Cincinnati takes A.J. Green at four, you know, they're one of the prime suspects to move up out of the second round into the late first round and go get an Andy Dalton. So, to me, Dalton and Ponder are, you know, mid-second round guys who one or both of whom could both get pushed into the first round. When you mentioned Dalton, i got to tell you, and I would wonder what your opinion is on this, uh, of the seven years that I've been part of uh, covering a draft and, and the, you know, the every aspect of the evaluation of it with NFL Network, the dumbest knock I've heard came this past week when there was some sort of discussion that teams should stay away from Andy Dalton because he has red hair. I mean, it, <laughs> you don't you not hear that? that, no, that, that I yeah, here, how, about, how about this? How about this? That there has been no red-headed quarterback who's been successful in the NFL. Then you better stay away from females. Is that the dumbest? Is that the I mean, is that the dumbest? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It is. It's not even worse. Because this kid, this kid, I mean, seriously, this kid may, and and you could make this argument that Andy Dalton left as indelible a mark, if not more so because of the era in which the scrutiny uh, uh, and and the dollars and cents of football uh, has, 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 exploded in the NFL. He has left as indelible a mark, if not more, than Sam Ball did on TCU. You could make that case. <laughs> you could make that case. I didn't have any idea where you were going there, and the fact that you went historical football yeah. is just impressive to me. Thank I, you, I didn't Mike. You I'm trying to show my breadth and range. I'm trying to show my breadth and range. No, but seriously, I mean, in this day and age of BCS games and how much it is, yeah. I mean, TCU just, uh, just joined uh, the Big East, did it not? You know, so... So, I mean, the, the money that that brings in and the prestige it brings in, the television dollars, the exposure it brings to a university, uh, what Andy Dalton the last couple of years, and certainly in the record books, that, that you know, I mean, that's pretty huge what this kid did. This, this kid is one of the more impressive young men I've met. I saw him at the Manning Passing Academy last summer, along with Ponder and Kaepernick and a bunch of other guys. And, and the advantage for me, Rich, being there last year, last summer, was Peyton and Eli forced the college quarterbacks all to throw an NFL route tree mm-hmm. from an NFL under center. So these kids were counselors for the Manning Academy during the day, and then at night we all stood around and watched Peyton and Eli coach these 20 college kids, and it was fascinating. My point is, out of all the college kids, after three days of watching them running, with an NFL route tree, the, the guy that was most interesting to me after the third day was Dalton. Is that right? And 
Peyton Manning asked me after the third day. We were all at a, a barbecue that Peyton put on, Peyton and Eli put on with Archie, and it was kind of like, you know, who did you think was most impressive? I was like, wow, the kid that surprised me the most with better arm strength and accuracy than I expected was the TCU kid. And, you know, I, I, I think it was true. I mean, he, he's never been under center. He was throwing five-step, and I'm not trying to say he's ready to play tomorrow because he's not. He's got a lot of work to do from an NFL perspective, but they all do. Every one of these eight kids, Rich, like I said earlier, I, there's not one kid I bang the table for. Mm-hmm. They all have potential holes, either on or off the field or both. But the Dalton kid intrigues me because his measurables are a, a little bit above average. His intangibles are off the chart. Right. So he's the kind of kid you want to bet on. And he's a high-character guy, not there a character guy. Back. Character guy's bad. <laughs> high character's good. I, see, that's one of the many th- nuances you've taught me uh, about this process. Is he a first-rounder, though, when it's all said and done? Do we hear his name Thursday night? Dalton. He, he could be. And that's why that's the point I was just making, whether it's Cincinnati or any other team in the top ten that doesn't get a quarter Tennessee, right. um, any of these guys that doesn't get one the first time around, he's a prime suspect at the end of the first round. To, to, for for somebody like to hop up. For some team to hop up and go get him, you mean, at the end of the first round. Sort of like what Denver yeah. did with Tebow last year. It's happened every year in the last several years. And uh, I think it's certainly going to happen at least once, if not twice this year. Mm-hmm. Uh so how many, when it's all said and done, you think first-round quarterbacks? Peter King had five in his mock draft. I don't want you to, again, give away any of this, the mock draft store for Wednesday night, but what are, are you thinking that's a possibility, that many goes in the first round? I don't think they should, but there's a chance. I mean, if you assume that Newton, Gabbert are going in the top ten, which is a pretty fair assumption, uh, Locker is a wild card. He's the first of the wild cards. He could go as early as 10 to Washington. He fits what Mike Shanahan does. That's a bit rich for my blood, given the downside of his accuracy. But both Washington and Minnesota at 10 and 12 are, have to be looking at him very hard. And then there's the Ryan Mallett mm-hmm. issue, because Ryan Mallett throws the football better than anybody in this draft. Yet he may not go to a second round because of all the oh, field issues. Oh, my goodness. So, he has not cleared that up in the talent evaluation community, you think, at this point? I don't think so. And here, here's the conundrum with him, is that in addition to throwing the football better than anybody in this draft, he's also a coach's son, and he also has, he's pretty good on the board. He likes the game. Um, he knows the game. He's in an NFL-style system, and out of all the quarterbacks, he could probably step in and help the team more quickly than any other quarterback. So you want to buy into this kid. So it tells you if he's sliding, forget the top ten, if he's sliding into the 20s or potentially into the second round, it tells you how bad the character concerns are. And, and that is exactly what we will be discussing probably every five minutes <laughs> in the 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock hour on Thursday night on NFL Network if he's not off the board. Because I mean that, don't you think? I mean that that will be the last two hours of our coverage. That'll be the main story if he does slide, obviously. But if he if 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 teams don't take him, then if if he's sitting Thursday night still waiting to hear his name called, yeah, mm. he could be. He could be, and you know if he gets past um, Miami at fifteen, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's another quarterback need to potentially Seattle at twenty five. So. Once it gets past 15, Jacksonville, I don't think, can take a guy right there. So, you know, you, you, you kind of look at it and say the next logical 
team is Seattle at 25, and that's about where either somebody's going to take a mallet or move up and get a Ponder or a Dalton. Ponder or Dalton. Where does Kaepernick fit into this equation somewhere? Uh, I, I think the six guys will be off the board, which are you know the four I already mentioned plus plus uh, Dalton and um, Ponder. And then I think the last two of the eight are going to be Stanzi and Kaepernick, or Kaepernick and Stanzi, mm-hmm. um, either late to, somewhere late two to mid three. And and this is again something we'll discuss certainly if you if as you say eight guys could go in the first three rounds, and we'll talk about this on our Friday coverage. Then if that actually happens, you think that this would be uh, indicative of what would it be? Could we say? Uh, part of it is the fact, as you already alluded to, that there was no free agency and a lot of quarterback needs that could have been filled through uh, veterans or young up-and-coming quarterbacks who have playing experience in the NFL already, that those transactions were unable to take place because of the lockout? Or could we start reading into the fact that the league is becoming more comfortable with spread offenses? What do you think? I, I think the discussion, Rich, you and I have all the time, is the importance of the quarterback position in today's NFL, more so than ever, just because of the complexities of the game. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a franchise quarterback, pretty much you might as well not even go to training camp. And because there are so many needs right now throughout the league, it really doesn't matter what your college offense is. And I tell all my buddies around the league, hey, get used to it. The spread's not changing. You know, college coaches' jobs are to win games. It's not to develop quarterbacks for you so you better evaluate differently and understand you're going to have to teach these kids and you know if i draft cam newton i'm trust me i'm going to change my offense a little bit to to try and give this kid the best chance to succeed as i'm teaching him to learn my system so uh, i think what we're seeing more than anything rich is just a phenomenal need by more teams than we've ever seen in the history of the nfl heading into a draft at that position and, again, I'm not banging the table for any of them, but eight of them are going to go. And another thing we're definitely going to be focused on Thursday night is, is uh, the, the, um, the whereabouts of Mark Ingram and where he falls. Do you, do you see him going hmm, anywhere as high as 15 or anything? Do you see him uh, mid-first rounder, or do you see him potentially even dropping out of the first round? Here's the deal. Pat first leg the position of running back has been highly devalued over the last several years. And in this particular draft, it's one of the best running back drafts I've seen in the middle. You, second, third, even the fourth round, there are going to be quality running backs out there. So I think Ingram's one of the best football players in this draft. However, he's not a breakaway threat that's a game changer. He's a really good running back. He's a three-down old-school running back. And I've got him, as I forget, like my 17th best player in the country. Mm-hmm. Now, Miami at 15 could get stuck. Their, their team, if they can't trade down, which I think they'd love to do, if they get stuck, they could be looking at a guy like Ingram. They could be looking at a pouncy. Two, play, two positions that are traditionally too early to go at 15, but really good, solid players at those positions, and they're the positions the Dolphins need. So a pouncy or an Ingram could go earlier than they typically would, um, if Ingram doesn't go to, say, a New England at 28, some, I, I don't know where he's going to go. I think he's the kind of guy 
that a bunch of teams drafting at the end of the first round will have in their back pocket just in case both sides of their board gets decimated because he's one of those safe picks that you know is going to be a really good player. And no matter what, he's going to get on the field and play a lot of downs for you. But it's not a position of need anymore, Rich. So depending on how the board slides, would it surprise me for him to go into the second round? It wouldn't surprise me. But he's a really good football player, and I hope he does. And another thing I think we're going to be talking about Thursday night is the lack of trades because of this the, the lockout that players can't be thrown around. Although, when people move around from second up to the first round, it's very rare that a player gets involved in that trade, right? Normally, it's, 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 it's future, it's other draft picks within the draft, if not a first round for the next year, which is why the Patriots have two picks in the first round this year, and they, good Lord, lead off uh, night two because of uh, a, a trade they struck with Carolina. Uh, in previous drafts, where do you stand on the issue of of trades that we're going to see on Thursday night? Hey, <laughs> I, I think we're still going to see a similar amount of trades. Will be a little bit more difficult because you can't throw in an existing player to kind of keep balance out a deal. Yeah. However, the re- just step back. Why do trades get made? Trades get made because a particular team falls in love with a player they want to go get. Well, how do you go get them? you got to give up picks. This year, it's only picks. And that's okay. Teams will find a way to get deals done because there will always be teams that want to trade up and get a guy they love, and there are more, even more teams that want to trade down and collect draft picks. And you talked about the Patriots, Rich. They have six picks in this year's draft before your New York Jets get their second. <laughs> Just one way to look at it. Uh, listen, it's unbelievable what the Patriots do. They're they're awesome. They're a sight to behold. It's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch because I remember a couple of years ago, um, you were talking about how um, how this draft wasn't as deep at every position, but the following year it was, and 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 how you th- you said that that wasn't just your belief; it was a widely held belief. And suddenly you watch. The Patriots drop down in the draft. Instead of picking, they just keep on dropping down, dropping down, dropping down, getting more picks for the next year. And look where yep. we are. They've got two picks in the first four rounds. It's awesome to watch. It's it's an it that's when we you remember a couple of years ago we talked about art science. Yep. That's the art part of it. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic to watch. Yep. It, it, and and I assume we're gonna see it again. I mean, I assume we're gonna see that happen again. I Again, it, it's like a it's like a bad love affair. People can't help themselves. You fall <laughs> up with a player, you go freaking get them, and you give up whatever it takes to go there. Hey, before I let you go, Mike, uh, I want to I want to bring up uh, something that uh, Peter King wrote about, um, and that's Steve Sable, um, and how uh, integral Steve was in getting you involved in what you're doing now. And yeah. I, I'd love for you to to fl- I, I want to flesh out that story. I've never asked you about that about how um, uh, you essentially got back into the evaluation and television business that Sable Sable pushed you in this direction. Is that is that the case? Well, I, Steve has become one of my favorite people in the world. I just can't tell you. I, I think the world of this guy and walking into the building at NFL Films every day to me is is just been incredibly positive experience because the you can you can sense different energy flow and I'm not a big philosopher but you can you can walk into a building and tell if it's positive or negative and that's the most positive building I've ever been in in my life and it's because of Steve Table and his father and they encourage people 
to to chase their dreams and 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 to demand excellence of themselves. And that's why NFL Films has been so good for so long. Mm-hmm. People want to be there with Steve Sable. So to make a very long story as short as I can, I was in commercial real estate and missing the heck out of football. I spent 18 years in commercial real estate. I had a good job. I was a partner in a company. I made good money. I was doing some co- I was trying to do some college I was doing high school games. I was, I was doing high school games for free on the radio. It's silly. And one day in commercial real estate, I walked into Steve NFL Films, their old building years ago, uh, unannounced, knocked on the door and asked for Steve Sable. Basically cold called Steve Sable. And told the, the, the receptionist didn't want to let me throw, and I said I went to the same high school as he did and blah, blah, blah. And he saw me. I went in and... That day, I told him what I wanted to do. I told him why I wanted to do it. I told him how much I missed football. He put me in front of the camera and let me sit there and basically, and, and I was I was so bad, Rich, I'd be embarrassed for anybody to see it right now. <laughs> I mean, it was just, he said, go ahead and talk for 30 seconds. Just go ahead and talk about yourself. It, I was so wooden and so scared and so, and he handed me a tape when I got done, and he said, now you just need to send that tape to everybody in the country that does anything related to football. And... That's how I got my foot in the door at New Jersey Network a year later and started doing And he has been supportive of me every step of the way, no and, and I just can't tell you how much, how, how much that guy means to me. No kidding. So he basically said, you, you want a demo reel? Go sit down and make one. I'll turn the cameras on, basically is what he I, did. Yeah, I cold called his building and him. And that day, he took me back, we talked, he put me in front of the camera, and he handed me a tape the same day. I, I, how's he doing? Can you can you share anything with us and fans who are interested in how he how he is? I think he's doing great almost all the time, and every once in a while he gets caught up with an emotion, or uh, he struggles with numbers a little bit, or um, if if it gets him off of his train of thought, he struggles a little bit. But I thought he looked great. The guy has the uh, the, the twinkle in his eye that he's always had. And uh, he's a special human being, and all of us are rooting that when his father, who's also a special human being, is inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, this summer, that Steve is the one inducting him, and, and uh, that's just going to be poetic. Yeah, I agree. Mike, I can't wait to hang with you this week. It's going to be great, as always. I'm looking forward to it. You got it, man. You take care of yourself, and you sound good, too. You sound good going in. <laughs> The voice is good. The voice is strong. I like it. I'll see you there. You're the best, Mike. Mike Mayock, everybody. Cannot wait to be with him in Radio City Music all this week. So the NFL draft, as we are uh, talking about throughout this show, is so close. And um, there's some interesting aspects of the draft. As as, uh, uh, Charlie Yook, our producer of the NFL draft on NFL Network, said last week that throughout the second and third rounds, there are going to be honorary... Um, uh, announcers at the podium announcing some picks that uh, throughout the third day of the draft, there's going to be all sorts of luminaries strolling around Radio City Music Hall. And uh, also uh, there's a, a contest that will be paid off in many ways by our sponsor of this podcast. Papa John's has been great to this podcast right from the get-go. They've been the uh, title sponsor of the Rich Eisen podcast from Jump Street. In September, and they are the official pizza of the NFL. And Papa John's, as you may know, searched throughout the entire NFL season for the best fantasy football league in all the land. Basically, inviting everybody to go onto the Papa John's Facebook page 
and share what makes their league better than all the rest. So basically Antonio Gates and a panel of experts looked at all the responses on Facebook and came up with the winner. The winner. The fantasy league that's apparently better than everybody else's, including yours out there. I know that's a grand statement, but the bottom line is the winner of that contest and the entire league is going to go to the NFL draft, courtesy of Papa John's. And we have right here in the studio right now the commissioner of the winning league, uh, Rafi Lalazarian, from right down the street here in Culver City, California. There you go ahead. Good to see you. Good to see you, Rich. How you doing? What? So you're the commissioner of, of the best fantasy football league in the United States of America. Is that, that, is that what Papa John's is telling me and you and the rest of everybody they to, else? That's what they told me, correct. And yeah. you're the commissioner. You're the Roger Goodell of this of this fantasy football league. I would be, I would be the man in charge of all the fantasy Why are you football. downgrading yourself? Don't to talk yourself up. Well, you, you know, you're the commissioner, right? That's yeah, what you're I'm, the call. I'm, well, I'm, so if there's a dispute in your what's first of all, what's the league called? It's the AFFL. The AFFL. Correct. What does that stand for? It's actually the Armenian Fantasy Football League, but we're open. Um, it's Armenian American. Any great, you could say Arabic. You don't discriminate. We don't discriminate. No, we're just. But a it's of, mostly it's mostly Armenian folks. Right. We're born here, not you know, born in Southern California, born and raised, proud Americans, nationality Armenian. And uh, okay. on that note, you know, if, if by the way, if we can um, get a message to Kim Kardashian, yes, we're trying to get a you know a sponsorship from her well so. the, the issue with that would be um you know you've already won right you know she normally wherever she she sends her allegiances leads to a championship normally right so you've already won i mean you want to is, is this is this just it's just purely of a of a uh of a of a red-blooded nature is what you're saying well it, it could be we we want to we want to you know we want to maximize our perks uh-huh. if we can and uh, and she and <laughs> going to the NFL draft in New York's not enough for you. No, it's it's very much enough, and okay. we're very thankful. I, I'm appreciate sure you are. It. I know, yeah, you I know, know that. I'm just absolutely. Pulling but but you know, Kim Kim uh, has a way of of just you know making things a little more. How should we say nicer? Yes, a little nice. You know? the, you, so you're you're saying you're uh, the AFFL would would uh, deal with some beautification. You would you'd you'd, you'd handle in so many words. Yes, I like yeah, it. Would any Kardashian do? Or just Kim. Well, Chloe, you know, is married. Well, Chloe, she's taken. You don't want to. She, you don't want to tick off Lamar. And yeah, you know, Lamar. And right now, the Lakers are in a, in, a, in a big, you know, series. And I don't want to mess Lamar up. Don't worry. All, the Kardashian so. power will will rule the day. Okay. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. But so, but Kim is that. That's that's the one Kardashian you're looking for. You know, I, I, I like you said. You know, we're not going to discriminate. We don't want to. We don't want to. We want to just put all our eggs in one basket. But obviously, you know, when there's when there's a wolf pack, you go for the head. Yes. The lead, the lead wolf, and, and she's she's right now. Well, you know, person. most people are listening to us right now, Ralph, mm-hmm. and saying, you know, what what in the world makes the AFFL better than the 27 million fantasy football fanatics? That, that think that their league's the best. What 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 makes your league the best? Well, there's uh, you know, there's so many things that goes into that, sure. and um, I don't know if we have the time for all of them. But the first and foremost is that um, we are probably the first. We have a website. Okay. So we're organized. You know, we put it up there. We let you guys get involved. We let everybody get involved, and we probably got. Uh, you know, everybody makes the claim of ha- having the best IQ. Sure. You know, the best competitive, mm-hmm. the most competitive. You know, players. But honestly, you know, we're we're we just feel we're just that cut above. So you've got a website. An a, there's an AFFL right. website that AFFL. anybody that anybody could get in on. You can you could come in. You can see all the stories. We got website. We got podcasts. We got news articles. Oh my gosh. We got uh, we got a, a Bob Brazi, who's one of our AFFL reporters. Uh, we're big. You know, we got a Facebook page. 
We got fans, people who are outside of the league actually follow us too. So we got friends wow. of friends following us. So you've got followers. Yeah, we of got a little. We got football. a little group. Because normally, you know, when people tell you their fantasy football stories, it's like people who who play poker telling you about their bad right. beats. It's like, okay, I know yeah. what happened to you, yeah. but it, you know, what 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 makes it so special? You know, people are like, oh, you know, I got all these injuries on my fantasy teams. Like, yeah, join the club, bro. right? Yeah. But so so, but you you you're making compelling enough. That people who have no stake in the AFFL are interested in what goes on. We've in had AFFL. we've had we've had females, you know, as far as the the, the wives and the girlfriends and friends oh. and friends who are not don't know anything about football, right. but know of our league and crack up at the articles and stuff like. Oh, so they're okay. involved as well. So we're we're branching out. We're we're evolving. You, you are know? evolving. You're right. You're a so, well-rounded fantasy well-rounded group, which fantasy does football. not those usually don't go in the same sentence. And 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 the last the last thing I'd say is you know mm-hmm. one of our prizes our prize is a ring. You know, it's it's a custom-made AFFL championship ring. An actual championship like, you ring. Just like, this, you know, we mimic it just like the NFL. Like, that's where we're at. We're, like we're functioning just like the NFL. So, that I mean, unless other leagues can do that, and I'm sure there are. Right. Um, but, you know, obviously Papa John Sars has been the number yeah, one. Yeah, Papa John's obviously thinks you're the best, and, you know, they're the sponsor of this podcast. So if they think you're the best, then I think you're the best too, Ralph. I, Rich, that means a lot. I appreciate we get, you we got your So we got your endorsement. Uh, I still need to see everything. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, I, I still need to, before I, I, I lend my name to the AFFL. Right, right. I, 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 it's doubtful I'll lend my likeness. I'll tell you that right now. It's doubtful. We my, can't, we can't, we can't I take, mean, we can't maybe skew you a little bit. And, what do you mean by skew? Well, I mean, just like, you know, take, take your eyes, you know, Eisenian. We put Eisenian. Put an Eisenian. 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 You'd be Eisenian. Right. Rich Eisenian. Rich. Hmm. Mm. I mean, listen. I I I I like you. You're 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 a likable guy. Right. I think you know you you're probably an excellent choice for commissioner. Right. We'll 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 have to negotiate. Okay. Fair enough. We'll have fair to enough. negotiate we'll, before we'll be... I start changing heritages. Well, we don't, yeah. You know, we just you know just for just for the website. I appreciate that. Okay. What are you no going to do at the, what are you doing at the draft? You you and how many members? Eleven. We got yeah. We got twelve guys. We got some co-managers there, and we got a we got a lot of they got you know Papa John's. We want to thank them again. Uh, they put up a little. You know, a little schedule. We're going to go uh, to the NFL draft kickoff party. We'll have, we'll be at the draft. We'll, we're, we're going to visit the NFL Network. You sure are. And uh, I'll yeah, see you there. Oh, I'm absolutely. Gonna see you the, I think we're all having lunch on Thursday of the draft. I'm looking forward. We're all going to gonna it, break bread. We're going to break bread. You know, I'll bring the doma. I'll bring the little grape leaves. You know, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring a little yogurt and we'll, we'll have a good time. I look forward to that. So yes. that's are you and the actual Thursday? Are you going all three days? We're going all three days. Wow, um, good uh, for you, personally man. for what me. A dream. It's it's a it's an awesome event. I mean, I, we're stoked. We're all fired up, and they were nice enough to extend it out. It was originally just two tickets to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, Papa John's was so cool, and they they let uh, you know they got everybody else in on the draft. So we got a whole group of guys that are going from the league so we're, we're just excited about it so we should not just say papa john's better ingredients better pizza it's it's better tickets too. better oh absolutely better ingredients better pizza better tickets better we're, gen- we're now adding to the whole better than the rest campaign right now. yeah absolutely generous fantastic and who so um who won the league in the afl um who won it? Well, you know, did it, you win? Where it, did you finish, well, Commissioner? Where did you finish? It's well, first of all, I, don't don't be embarrassed. I, you don't, know, you're you're already you're, clearly you didn't finish first we, because we, you're because you're, you're taking your time right now. First is a relative you're, term, really, isn't it? No, I mean, it's not. It's, it's, if it's, you're it's, not win, first, you're last. We know that. We, Certainly we, in fantasy, I mean, nobody's. I I finished second in fantasy. Nobody 
No, I mean that's just no good. We 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 that's not we win good. in certain things, don't we? We win it all. What did you finish? We finished in the AFF. Personally, this is a bad year for the Atomic Bomba, which is my team. Um, we we didn't have the greatest year. Oh, okay. Um, we finished in the eighth to ninth. What do you mean eighth to ninth? Tenth range. Did you, what did you finish? In? Tenth, ten, I think you around finished ten. Yeah, out we of finished tenth. We it's had okay. Fin- it's all right. Is this, now is this a keeper league? This is not a keeper league. No, so we, every year you start from we, scratch. We start, we, we, do you auction or do you, we dra- go, do you snake, draft? Snake, straight snake, no auction. We're actually thinking about changing the auction, but uh, we, you know, we put the drafting, you know, expertise on the players, on the managers every year. Okay. And uh, you know, the person who won it, you actually, call yourself managers. There's twelve team managers. Is that what it is? Team owners, yes. Team owners. Team owners okay. yes, so so uh, you finished tenth. We finished tenth. We, we won did it twice. You finish tenth or not? We did. Okay. We did. We Who's did this we? Year. Myself and the Atomic Bomb. We have a big, you know. What do you mean yourself and? Well, my 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 ownership of my you know logo are. We have a lot of people working for the Atomic Bomba. We have a lot of fan base. <laughs> the fan base is blowing up. Um, we we have we have people that felt our loss as uh, much as I did. So we mm, use the we term. So this is not the royal we. There's actually more than more than just right. We have a Facebook page. Involved. We have some the fans Atomic Bomba. Bomba. Uh, so who won the league? Nice. Who it won was, the league? It was my brother. Who it was, won the league? It was my younger brother who. Um, Your younger brother? How much younger? A year and four months. Okay. Um, uh, and you're you know, you're you're how old? You're, I'm 34. You're, you're 34 years. Yes. I would say you're in your just 20s. turned 34 very, this week. You look very well preserved. Thank you, 34. thank you, thank you. So uh, your younger brother took down the prize. Yeah, he's um, he decided to. Uh, well, I've won it twice, and for the last three years, my brother decided. How long has the league been in existence? Six years. So you're so you're hey, one out of three ain't bad. Yeah, at that's all. not bad. That's Two, that's great. You know, we won it. We won it twice, but we we had my brother come in the last three years, and for the last three years, he's been in the finals every year. And oh, won back so, to back. So. so. Yeah. So he's so see so he's won two, yes. and you've won two, right? So Alalazarian is taking home the AFFL ring four out of six years, right? We, we've already established yeah, that if we win boy. it again, it's not going to be difficult. Good. Is that going to be on the how, the rest of the, the rest of your league must be pissed about that? They've got to be pissed about that. We're not the favorites. We're not no, favorite people right now. For it. The, exactly. Yeah, so, for it. It's a competitive. It's a competitive environment. It's it is, and especially whenever you got guys that are winning it at the same every year, you know, hey, you put that bar. You and your guidance. Your stewardship of this league, you're taking all of them to the NFL draft. So they better, they better love themselves some Lalazarian. You, you remind them of that fact. Don't think they're I not going to New York if it wasn't for your guidance, your leadership, your excellence, and your fam, your family's fantasy dominance. Absolutely. Don't let them and, forget and that. Don't think that I won't hold that over their heads for the next couple of years. Absolutely. You should. Absolutely. You I'm going to get as much as we can get out of this. It's all as you're seeing in real football. It's all about exacting leverage. But right now, it's yeah. all about exacting leverage. Um, it's, so you do that. If you've got the power, you should wield it. You know, I'm, and I feel that at this point in time, if we've put this much work into this, mm-hmm. you know, to make this happen, I, mm-hmm. I really think that I think I would be allowed. I think it'd be okay, right, to let myself get a pass. Um, well done. You know, certain years, if I, like I need it. to, I like it. Maybe so, two draft picks in the first round. I mean, uh, no, 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 don't, don't, not, don't, don't upset the competitive. Uh, let's not say that. AFFL. Everybody else gets don't a draft pick in the other round. So, last thing, Rafi, be yeah. careful now. Um, uh, New York. Certainly for three days. Right. There's it's it's a it's a large city. Right. There's lots to do. You clearly going to have lots of time on your hands. Uh, you as the commissioner of the AFFL need to let everyone know that any violation of the AFFL conduct policy will be dealt with severely. You cannot. I mean, this is the Papa John's name that you are that you are representing. This is the it's more than the AFL. This is bigger than the AFFL now, Rafi. This is this is this is this is, this is Papa John's. This is the NFL. Mm-hmm. You are an extension, mm-hmm. and and uh, 
that's all I need to just say is just you just focus when you're there. We, focus. We've we've already come down it's bigger with, than you. It's bigger than it, you. It's we know that, and we've already come down hard on the managers. We've come down on our fan base saying, look, mm. we we represent yes, you do something that's that's it's just bigger than us. It it's is. the country. It's countrywide. You are. It I is, mean, if there's it, 27 million fantasy football players in the NFL, and you and your 12, your 11 brethren were chosen, it's as bigger than you. It's well, we we hope that it continues next year as mm-hmm. well. Please, I mean, we 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 want this to keep going and. Uh, yeah. And but for, for for right now, when we're in New York, we're gonna definitely lock down the hatches. We're letting everybody know right now. Is there a New curfew? York. Is there a curfew? An AFFL curfew? Three thirty. Bed check. Three thirty. That's uh, you might wanna you might wanna shave a couple hours off that. Three thirty in the afternoon. How about that? Wow, no, I mean, that's too early, right? Yeah. We're just kidding. I'm just playing. I mean, you're not going to meet a Kardashian then. We're, no, that well, way. absolutely I mean, no not. We, we, we hope that we hope that she uh, she swings by when she can. Though. Rafi Lalazarian, the commissioner of the Armenian Fantasy Football League, that anyone can join. Anyone, can right? join. anyone we're, can join. We're, we're all Armenian. Uh-huh. Uh, congratulations on Thank winning you. the Papa John's Better Than the Rest contest. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to see you. And the rest of the AFFL uh, on the day of the draft, Absolutely. and at Radio City to, Musical. Looking forward Good to, to it. see you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. You nice bet. You. That's uh, that's Rafi Lalazarian, everybody. Here on the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's, an actual Papa John's contest winner. Let's get the point of view from a general manager, from an actual evaluator, from a guy who will actually be on the clock this week for the NFL draft. Returning to the Rich Eisen podcast is the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, Thomas Dimitrov, one of the big-time general managers in the league. And I'm not just saying that because his team was the one seed in last year's NFC playoffs. I'm saying that because the last time he was on the podcast, he was on speakerphone the whole time, big-timing like no other. Welcome back to the podcast, Thomas. Well, I guess that means that I have to get off the speakerphone right now. <laughs> I will pick up just for you. Will you do Thank that? Because I mean, you, I will. Uh, there you go. See, that wasn't tough. No, that, you know it's all right. Everything's good. I mean, you speaker phoned me the la- the whole conversation, and it was the first time you and I had spoken on the podcast. I didn't want to say anything because I don't know if that's what you're most comfortable doing. You know. Well, interestingly enough, I speaker phone Pioli and, and Coach Belichick every once in a while, so you're in good company. So. Oh, I'm in a respectable neighborhood. I like that. I, I just didn't know if Mr. Blank was listening in. You know what I mean? I just uh, want to no, make sure. I would say uh, very few times have I speaker phoned Mr. Blank. <laughs> no, Mr. Blank speaker phones people. Not, you know what I mean? That's the way the flow chart works. But, As I understand. You no, know, I understand it. I understand it. Listen, I appreciate you taking time in such a obviously tremendously busy time. Give me, give me a snapshot. Give the fans a snapshot. What does a draft week look like for a general manager in the NFL? You know, draft week, you're getting very, very close to having your board set. It should be set at the beginning of the week. And, mm-hmm. and you, you basically ruminate on every one of your stacks day in and day out. Hour what do you mean by stacks? Out. What do you mean by that? What does that mean? Well, Basically, you know, all of your positions you have on your board and you stack your positions by, you know, you know, evaluating and stacking off their talent level. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, all the positions across, you can imagine all the positions across the top of your board with, you know, a number of players, let's just say for, for discussion purposes, 12 or 15 players at every position and you stack and you massage that stack Again, day in, day out, hour in, hour out, depending on how things go. But usually by draft week, you've, you've the hay's in the barn for the most part, and you're mm-hmm. doing some some back end work on some of the latter uh, latter part of the draft um, aspects, and and you start to you know work on some of the ideas of your college free agent situation. But uh, for the most part, 
we are uh, pretty much uh, set to go into the draft. And as you know, the draft starts on Thursday, so the beginning of draft week is is very, very close to uh, picking the people off the board. You're not even stacking quarterbacks, though, right? I mean, I, I know you're not can't even tell any tales out of school in that respect. Are you even stacking the quarterback position for the Falcons? Uh, out of respect to the whole process, we do. Right, and it's 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 actually worthy, you know, some uh, some conversation just because, you know, you tend to compare your quarterback to what's out there and what's out there in the future. That's that's quite normal. Uh, one might not spend as much time on that position if they feel they have a quarterback, but I think it's very important for us to always, you know, keep a strong uh, report database on on all the other positions out there, even if we don't need that position. As, specifically quarterback are you spending any time scouting other teams picking 27th overall you've got to you've got to concern yourself about teams that are picking directly before you and behind you as well interestingly enough yes uh, rich i've been i've been doing a lot more of that um probably over the last two months than i ever have at 27 and and i i knew that that was that's quite normal at, at that point because there are just so many options and so many scenarios that i work through and it's quite amazing because you just don't know what's on the other side of this. So I think um, I've made a lot of calls to a lot of different people and, and uh, you know, in the business, other other general managers to find out their interest of, of you know, trading up or trading down just mm-hmm. to to get the lay of the land. And not, rarely are they going to, sh- uh, you know, share with me the, the position they're going after. But what I will say is what's very important, and this may be a segue into some of what you want to talk about, no. It's very, very particular in the National Football League to have your, um, or it's very important, and we're very particular about having our pro department very involved in the college aspects of this draft. And what I mean by that is it's our pro scouting departments around the league who are very in tune with the needs at the, of the other teams, who may be able to present the needs from the other teams, so uh, may give us some insight as far as what may be there at 27 or where we may have to trade up to, um, in fact, get a player because we know the, the, the at least the projected needs of a certain team. Interesting. And, and so you, when the draft starts ticking Thursday night in Radio City Music Hall, you will have a good sense of the teams around you at 27 that might be willing to trade up based on the way the board looks. By that I mean you can look on the board and you can say offensive tackles are still out there right now. You don't need one. You know, you, you traded mm-hmm. up for Baker a couple of years ago. Um, well, you, you know, I'm, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just using this as a complete hypothetical. And you know that some of the other teams need a tackle. And you've already sussed out some of these teams with the general managers about their willingness to trade. And that's how you pick up the phone with just 10 minutes and strike a deal, essentially. Yeah, no no question about it. I mean, I, I think rarely do you just you know, off the cuff, pick up the phone and, and call a team. It'll happen at times. But again, it's, I think if you've prepared as an organization up to that point, you have a good understanding of where you may go uh, for, for trade discussions. And, you know, again, who may or may not be there at the time, you know, at the time you're picking. I think, uh, I say this tongue-in-cheek, I mean, our pro department, we feel very comfortable with their assessment. And, and you know, again, we have this massive needs board in our in our draft room where we can continue to follow as the draft goes on. Um, you know, comparing what the needs are from certain teams as well as the talent that's still on the board. And uh, hopefully our pro department's doing the right job. If if they haven't, well, they, they may be looking somewhere else, to be quite honest. <laughs> I'm actually being harsh about that. Oh, no, listen, it is what it is, man. This is That's what, as you know, is one of my favorite uh, 
cliches in the NFL. It is what it is. One. And you don't have a crystal ball. You know, that's yeah. another one. So uh, in, in another hypothetical here, because a lot of people are talking, Peter King had his mock draft, had five first-round quarterbacks. There's a lot of people who think the quarterback position is going to be like hotcakes in the first round on Thursday night. You, again, we have established you've got you've got one of the best young guns in the league, period, end of story. So maybe, maybe 27 could be a hot spot if somebody wants to pop up and quarterbacks are going real fast. Maybe... Maybe you're you're in that spot right there, Thomas. Dimitrov. I think it's yeah. You know what, Rich? I think it's an interesting spot to be in. Again, I think the the ability to move up a number of spots or back, you know, is, is interesting to a lot of teams. And I think it's just a good value spot in my mind. Now it takes a little bit of patience to be there, and, and obviously uh, in New England we were there quite a bit, so I do have a little bit of a background that way in in my comfort level with picking around there. But I again. Being open to move both ways, I think, is it's it's all about adaptability in this league, and I think we've mm-hmm. talked about that before. If you can be adaptable and understanding and 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 adjust, then I th- you know I think you have the chance to pull off a really good football player at that point. I was giving you an opportunity to to spin other general general managers through me in my podcast, Thomas. I don't know if you just noticed that right there. I was giving you that opportunity to to use me. I, I yeah that I would yes I'm sorry you I was my my mind was in a yes my mind was in another another spot yeah, there I'm something. just like use me use this podcast to spin other, other do you think that works though do other general managers are they are they spinnable this time of year do you think no well, I think I think everyone is is trying to take in as much information as they can and and another interesting tidbit I think. Most departments, it's usually, again, the pro department who's in the process of gathering a lot of the information, they will, uh, you know, just skim every bit of information out there in the media, whether it's a podcast of, of such high regard as yours or, um, you know, a, 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 a rag blog somewhere. They're, you know, they're trying to, to glean as much information as they can, and they present that information to the general managers and the team builders of their respective clubs. And, in the end, um, it, some of it may be worth uh, something, and, and some may not be worth it at all. And it may be complete conjecture, and it may be smoke screens. Because yeah. far be it from most general managers to smoke screen in this. Yeah, I know you're not to be believed. You and the rest of your ilk are not to be believed at this time of year. You can admit that, right? Isn't that true? More often than not, I mean, there could be some kernels of truth, and you always tell it like it is, Thomas. That's why I'm having you on, as opposed to most of your other colleagues. But I think there's, I think there's quite a bit of gamesmanship, and and I think <laughs> yes. we see. I use the word gamesmanship and like not chicanery, it. you see, because I think <laughs> there's a, there's a different stigma attached to those those words. But I, I really do believe that we're we're all trying to be creative. We're all trying to do mm-hmm. the right thing. I will say, in defense of of our um, what, what we even call us, our, our group of mm-hmm. general managers. I think that you, I believe strongly, actually, that you have certain people in the league that you can do business with that are allies in the sense of, you know, not, uh, you know, feeling like you can trust getting into a possible negotiation or a trade. I believe there are others that still may be great guys, and you could sit down and have a beverage with them and enjoy a discussion about football or other things. But you may not uh, necessarily trust them uh, when you're going to sit down and do a deal because like you know they're coming from a different spot. Interesting. I like that. Uh, so where do you stand on this locked-out draft? A lot of people believe that because you cannot make trades involving players that there will be fewer trades than ever before. Where do you stand on that as you see the tea leaves of the upcoming draft this week? You know, interestingly enough, I've, I've read some information on, on that, and I've, I've seen some of – 
my uh, my colleagues in the business, other GMs, comment on the fact that there there won't be many trades and there hasn't been much discussion. And and I will say that I don't find that necessarily to be the the case. Uh, you know, I, I've heard and have discussed with a number of people that there have been quite a few calls made about the, the possibilities of moving up and moving down. Understanding that it's it's different because we can't deal in players, which makes it a little more uh, uh, a little more difficult because that always helps add some some fuel to the fire when mm-hmm. you can add a possible you know player. But that's not the case, and I just I really. I think that it just it forces us to be that much more focused on the draft and that much more focused on not only this year's draft, Rich, but also next year. And I think um, I would suggest that most of the teams that have a have a firm grasp of what this year's draft is and possibly some of the out you know the some of the I was going to say outliers, but some of what next year's draft will bring mm-hmm. if they have had some foresight, I think those teams will be a lot more apt to consider trading this year um, you, because of knowing the fact that that you know what may be out there in next year's draft, and I'm a firm believer in that. I think if you can get your head around obviously that sounds odd to a lot of people and counterintuitive we need to focus on this year's draft right but sometimes if you have a view of what next year's draft could possibly offer and you think you have one or two more years in the players that you presently have well then then you may consider hey though i would like to get x position this year i can possibly get that position next year mm. in a draft or in free agency ah interesting interesting point of view right there you got to think long term it's not just yes. it's not just right now you got to think longevity do you mock draft do you do that do- do I mock draft? Yeah, um, just well, I heard, again, one of my, my buddies there, Mark Dominic, Pod does a lot of, that, uh, mm-hmm. of his work off of pods versus mock, and I'm not sure what that what means. Is, what you, does that mean? I have no idea. Well, I means. think you'd have to research that um, <laughs> or, or, call, or call Mark on Come it on. because I had read about it. I don't think I – I wasn't sure if he was saying he was listening to like, podcasts like yours. Yeah. And he was, well, I mean, I'm sure know, he does. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. That's what I'm well, saying. Right. Because I mean, you said it. Even you said it's in high regard. You know, that's what high regard, it's it's like, you know, when you have your favorites on your computer, it's yes. one of those things that somehow <laughs> they tie in. So, um, No, but I will say, I think, that back to the, the uh, mock draft uh, idea, and uh, I think that a lot of people use it. It's it's kind of fun. I think the, the building uses it a lot more in my mind than... Mm-hmm. Than, than the football operation side. I think people follow it, and it's again, it's fun to see things going up and down. But I, I, I don't spend a whole bunch of time um, and, and focus on it. Well, I have a few guys that I truly regard as far as their evaluation prowess uh, in the media, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I will look at theirs every once in a while. But I don't do it. I usually don't do it until probably the final week. I don't do it like over the last few months or whatever. Right. I, I, well, part of the reason why I asked that is on NFL.com, we have one last mock draft. Uh, we're doing it Tuesday of this week of, of draft week in New York City. Mike Mayock is the commissioner for this mock oh, draft. That we, again, uh, he's Commissioner Mayock. He removes himself from the equation. Uh, and, and so uh, Michael Irvin, Marshall Falk, Mariucci, me, Brian Billick, Bucky Brooks, um, and uh, Lombardi, Michael Lombardi. We are all in the room. And we we are assigned a team, so all of us pretty much get I think four picks for the entire uh, uh, first round. We mock draft the first round. Guess who has pick number twenty seven? Who? That would be me. Very that good. So you want insight? Be me. I'm mocking though. This is not a real draft. This is not real. Yeah. So don't be confused. This is not the real thing. So uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> we're mocking it. 
we're mocking it. But I am. I'm. Um, I'm number twenty-seven. Uh, so, so do you have a, an idea of what we may take? I don't know. Time? I don't know. I really don't know what the exact solid lock team needs are. I mean, uh, I'm right now. I'm thinking. I'm thinking not much. I just need to tinker. You know, I need to fine tune after the last and, season. And so. the, the tinkering is important. And I, I believe that we still have a number of needs. Quite honestly, uh, Rich. Yeah. And that said, as you get closer to being where you want to be. Mm-hmm. I believe that you can be more creative with some of the more luxury type picks, mm. and that's all I'll say. <laughs> We're not choosing a, a car here, are we? I mean, I'm just trying to figure. You use the word luxury. What is a luxury pick? What is that? Just for the terminology, I don't know what I that was, terminology. I was is. providing you with the crystal ball that you don't have. <laughs> But there are, you know. So can you give can you give me a side of the ball where you think there's a team need for me at 27? I want to make sure. I don't want to. First of all, I cannot make a fool of myself in front of Mayock. I will never. I'll never live it down. You know? uh, yeah. No. I figured there's some. You know. That's a that's a pretty highly regarded group there. And yes. You know the esteem. I, I just I think about that group and I'm thinking there's some very good knowledge there and yes. there's some opinions there. I would say. Right. So that, that's, you know, you have to be well-equipped. Do I go best player available? Do I do that at 27? Best player no, you, available? You, you, some of the, some of the uh, you know, sort of jargon and the, the mm-hmm. catchphrases, and it's somewhat cliche, we are needs-based and system-specific. Write that down. Needs-based. Let me write that. And I do have system a, specific. And system-specific. Okay. Yes. So I do know, I do know, um, you know, sort of what the system would be, but needs based. So if there's a quarterback on the board, I'm, I'm passing, obviously. Um, you know, you can't have enough running backs. You can't have, you can't have enough of everyone else, I think. Maybe a speed guy, maybe a speed guy, uh, a speed, an edge rusher. Maybe you want speed. Some- Speed is very good. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes, speed Don't is very interrupt. good. Don't interrupt. And, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping here. I need any some information at 27. And you know as well as I do, and I think most people mm-hmm. would agree that, you know, this is a, a matchup league, and if you can't match up athletically and and, and speed-wise mm-hmm. at a number of positions, then, you know, you, you can be very quickly left behind. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very, very important. You, you know, you have mm-hmm. to match personnel. Obviously, you need incredibly um, – well-versed football coaches who who can you know, scheme the right way, but that's not for you as a a a mock mocker. Or right. What would you be called? I'm a mo- I'm I'm sort of mocking the whole thing. I don't know yeah. if you can tell, but I, I because the mock draft again, people get confused. It's not the real thing, you know. <laughs> it's, it's not the real thing. It's a mock draft. So I need a speedy guy uh, based on need uh, that is specific to my scheme at 27. That's basically what I need to have. That could be a luxury pick. And understand the last thing I will say about that, when you talk about the best player and and needs-based, sometimes people think, well, in a needs-based system, people are going to pass on some very good football players. Understand that we have a number of needs, so we're we're not necessarily focused on just one specific need and then Mm. bypass a lot of very good players. Obviously, the players, if it's three or four positions of need, Mm -hmm. those players all have to be somewhat close. And we would rank those needs, obviously, and we would look to the first need. And if that first need player is exponentially less in talent at his position as the number two need, then more than likely we would go to the number two need. I see. Does that help you at all? No, not at all. Not at all. But I like it sounds great, by the way. And, and you clearly know what you're talking about. So um, 
last last question. Let's give it give everyone a look. Uh, Thursday. When do you get in? When are you getting in? Draft day. Pick for uh, eight Eastern is when you is when the the clock starts ticking. You probably won't if you don't trade up or trade out. You are going to be on the clock sometime in the ten o'clock hour. Probably maybe even after eleven o'clock. So you got exactly some time. Right. When are you get when are you getting in? We have some time. I'll, I'll probably come in for a while in the morning and then, you know, mm-hmm. head out and get a good long workout in, maybe mm-hmm. get on my bike a little bit. Hopefully I can stay on a velodrome somewhere inside. Velodrome. <laughs> You're velodroming. I like it. Okay. Not really, but I just don't want to go out and get hit. Or maybe I'll just go around our, our parking lot okay. 150 times. In but Flowery no, Branch, I, the Flowery yeah. Branch velodrome, the famous velodrome <laughs> from Georgia. <laughs> Yeah, synonymous with the one in in Berlin in thirty two. Yeah, very... <laughs> yeah. So you'll be working out, and then you come in. Do you uh, do you coat and tie it? Do you coat and yeah, tie? Yeah, definitely. It? Yes, definitely. And last year we had it mandated that uh, everyone's to wear a coat and tie. And interestingly enough, our very dapper uh, and proper owner yes. was mocking me for sending out a notice saying that everyone had to wear a tie and he said you of all people a guy from boulder colorado is, re- <laughs> is going to request us all to wear a tie on draft day but so. you respect you're, you're respecting the sport you're respecting the business-like atmosphere and you're respecting the owner because we know that's you know he is satorially uh, splendid mr Blank. yes he is he and, and that's it. exactly he can that's exactly it. right he can and he rocks uh he will rock a big knot if he has to <laughs> So you're coat and tying it, um, yes. and then you monitor phones are ringing. How many people are going to be in there? Ten people? How many people no. are in there? In our draft room? Yes. No, we have we have a little bit more than that. I, I truly believe that this is this is our scout and personnel uh, department's game day, and I've always felt that way, and, and uh, I know other people don't feel necessarily that way, that they want to keep it um, as limited as possible in the draft room. It's not a party atmosphere, and everyone very much knows uh, – uh, the level of of uh, the what's what do we call that the decibel level is yeah is, keep uh, it down uh, uh, yeah it is kept down and everyone knows that so we probably have you know thirty people in the draft room hmm. okay 30. we have a big draft room we we have some square footage in there and and Arthur having been a Home Depot guy <laughs> respects the fact that we need you know very nice digs here so and also good. being also being uh, a uh, an owner of a very uh, fancy uh, uh, hotel in uh, what is it Montana right he's a hotelier up there isn't he have a spot he, he has a he has yeah. a fantastic he's ranch a, up no, there ranch. and guest ranch he yeah. does so catering I'm sure the catering is is fantastic for this right I mean you dinner everything the whole bit Yes, we're, we we do really well that way, and, and we're fortunate. And, and uh, Mr. Blank's very particular about making sure that we accommodate everyone's dietary needs. Mm, very good. Do me one one last one last thing. If you really want to make news uh, Thursday night, trade up uh, to the Carolina Panthers, pick Cam Newton, say you're going to make him uh, a defensive back, and when asked, you just say "just cause." What do you think of that plan? That would be that would be very interesting. I'm sure we'd take the world by storm. I'm not sure if I'd like to make that splash. And I think this mm. this new extended contract that I I have would <laughs> probably be ripped up quickly with some point uh, of cause. So that's bad. I will say yes. Yes, I will say that I your your cul-de-sac comment recently had me rolling on Did the you floor. Like that? So <laughs> I wish. I wish somehow you would have worked it into this conversation today. Oh, uh, yeah. That was when uh, Jamie Dukes said that uh, Mallet had a lot of street in him. And yeah. Trent Green was on the set, too. And I said, this quarterback, Trent Green, he doesn't have any street in him, but he might have some cul-de-sac in him. 
That's exactly right. You like that one, huh? Oh, I thought it was it was on the dial, and, and no offense, Trent, if you're listening. <laughs> no, no, he agreed. He probably does have some cul-de-sac in him. Hey, thanks for the time, Thomas. I know, again, it's busy draft week, obviously, and but you're our go-to guy. That's that simple. And thanks for picking up the phone and not speakerphoning me this whole time. Well, I appreciate you having me on here as always, and, and Thanks, always Paul. fun. The, the, the uh, discussion is always insightful. Thank Thanks. you. No, thank you. I appreciate okay. it. Good luck this uh, this draft weekend. That's Thomas Dimitrov, the uh, general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, back on the podcast on draft week. Joining me now here on the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's, uh, is uh, uh, a soon to be author, a great actor, uh, a super guy, a big time football fan, by the way. Uh, his book, Stories I Only Tell My Friends, will be available on Amazon for pre-ordering. You can pre-order it right now, coming out on April 26th, but it will be, I guess, released fully in the first week of May, and he's going to join us on the next two podcasts, including this one. I could not be more honored to have Rob Lowe on the program. How are you, Rob? I'm really great. Thank you. And, and, and just FYI, yes. it, everybody, can, everybody can get the book on the 27th. On the 27th? It's going to be everywhere. On April 27th? Yes, it. Okay, good. <laughs> now, we, now we've got it worked out. Yeah, no, because, you know, and you'll, you'll learn as we talk about football. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I'm not a, gig- a gigantic stats guy, mm-hmm. but when it comes to my own book, I'm an incredible stats guy. <laughs> You're inc- how many pages? Right off the top of your head. Uh, right? 230. There you I go. Believe. Okay. There you no, go. No, what am I saying? You're, yeah, you're, I think you're about sixty pages. I'm shy. sixty pages off. That's when I wanted to quit. Because I tell you, I mean, uh, I, I took out of my draft preparation to read your book cover to cover, Rob. That's oh, listen. That's like my accountant taking off IRS season. I, you know what? You're it. not wrong. You're not wrong. I, except I can't file an extension. You know that's, what I mean? That's really rough. So the draft's so coming. Who, who ends up being your pick? Uh, actually, from your book. The, my well, my first overall pick from your book is your Cary Grant story. As far as I'm concerned, that that is oh that that, that well, was beyond fantastic. I, I I laughed out loud at that one. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's nothing. Listen, guys out there will know yes. that you know when you're you're trying to close a girl, you got to <laughs> deal with dad, and it's a big time problem when the dad is Cary effing Grant. <laughs> I couldn't believe that that you're and 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 we'll talk a little bit about the book now and then we're going to talk uh, uh, at length about it on our next podcast uh, the first week of May when you're going to be making a big media blitz. But uh, I, I mean, you 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 not only were meeting this girl this girl that you're trying to close the deal with, as you say, uh, no. that you're not only meeting the father, but you went and saw your first ever tel- made for television movie air. Sitting no, next to Cary Grant. No, literally, it was honestly, it was the first time I'd ever really been on television, ever. Mm-hmm. And you know, and we were, I was going to go watch it at, at this girl Jennifer Carrie, Carrie, Jennifer Grant, Carrie's daughter, who mm-hmm. was you know was and is notoriously beautiful. Um, and I go to the house and we'd watch this big event together. And and Carrie says, "Young man, would you mind if I walked with you?" <laughs> and I'm thinking, "Hey, you crazy old man! I don't really care." I mean, because I was like a young punk, and, and sadly really uneducated about movies. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was famous. I mean, everybody knows the name Cary Grant, but I couldn't have told you one movie. I knew Cary Granite from the Flintstones. <laughs> that I knew. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, in fairness, you know, Cary ha- hadn't made a movie since 20 years before I was born. I've since obviously worshipped at the altar of Cary Grant, who I actually believe now is the greatest 
movie icon of all time, yeah. one, of the, one of the most underrated actors. But at the time, I was just like, hey, I just want to hang with your daughter and watch, I want to watch myself on television. And, <laughs> and, he, and there he is, Cary Grant, of all people, sitting and watching a schoolboy father. Yeah, and after school special on ABC. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and that is that's one of the big sort of first you know focal point stories of stories I only tell my friends. I mean that's and that's really what, what the book is. And it's great, but but also I, now because yeah, I wrote a book uh, a few years ago, and when I was trying to sell it and, and have interviews, do you, do you want to tell the full stories or do you want people to just fi- find out in the book? I mean, how how do you how, what's your stance on on that? You know what, my, it's interesting and. Um, I, it's so funny because I've been doing movie uh, interviews for my my, my entire life, right. and in this, but I've never been an author before. Right. right. So now I have all of these specialists trying to teach me how to do interviews mm-hmm. about the books. Apparently, selling a book and talking about that is different than talking yeah. about. Oh no movies, question. Right. And and that's probably right. But the um it, the greatest minds tell mm-hmm. me that um the biggest error authors make when going on talk shows. Mm-hmm. Is they try to they're they're so afraid of giving away the farm mm-hmm. that they give away nothing. So the, the greatest minds are telling me fire away. Well, yeah, stories. because because uh, it, even if we do tell the button on this story, which was my favorite part about the story about how it ended. Oh yeah, uh, you like that, uh, that, that? That made me laugh out loud. Uh, it's still one small, tiny, infinitesimal fraction of the stories that you know you only tell your friends throughout this entire book. So, so let's just put the button on it then, because to yeah. me that was the funniest part of the story is, is how is how when you were driving away, Cary Grant ran after you. You know, I, and so it, I, have, I have an amazing day with with Jennifer and Cary's so gracious, and he's been in this gorgeous white cherry cloth bathrobe, <laughs> and. In the middle of the day, as, as movie stars are wont to do, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, so I'm driving down this incredibly long driveway, and I, hear, young man, young man, I'm like, what the hell? And I look at my rearview mirror, and here he comes, trucking down the driveway in his bathrobe with his slippers, with an armful of Fabergé products, <laughs> because at that time, Cary Grant was on the board of Fabergé, mm-hmm. you know, which makes brute and and all that stuff, and. And he said, I thought you might like this soap on a rope. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's in the shape of a microphone. And I, so I had this, this microphone, soap on the rope microphone, in my shower for like two years afterwards. That's fantastic. You don't have the soap on a rope anymore, do you? I, mean, it, it's, I, I should have just kept it but i was like okay, an idiot and you know i just i just used it <laughs> i was so stupid enough i actually used it yeah because if carrie grant gave me soap on a rope i mean it would just be that you know what i mean i would not need it well, you could actually use the microphone i would part of it yes it would, it would yes you're not wrong maybe you know uh, that would be part of a talk Look, show you Leno, know like, carson all those yeah. guys have this fake old-time microphone right they're not you're, hooked up to anything right no you're you're th- your thing you're sort of like 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 affectation yes could be a soap on a rope. Certainly, since I don't think Fabergé makes that sort of stuff anymore. Probably Are they not. even in business? <laughs> no, they were all here. <laughs> I don't even know if soap is, in fact, still put on a rope anymore <laughs> by anybody. That's uh, what everybody's looking for. Part of your book, the, there's a lot of football in your book, Rob. I couldn't help but notice that there's a lot of uh, discussion of football. Certainly, the interesting aspect is uh, you spent a, a predominant part of your childhood in the state of Ohio. Yep. And you're playing in the street wearing a Pittsburgh Steeler. Jersey, Listen, though. What's up? What was up with that? Well, you know, nothing has really changed. The closer you are to Cincinnati, the more people hate the Bengals. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, things are exactly as they were. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we were all, you know, huge Steelers fans. And and it was easy because that was that was those were the days of Terry Bradshaw and Swanee and you know the Iron Curtain, and uh, you know that I had I had, I would never forget when they started making breakaway jerseys. Do you mm-hmm. remember this era? Sure. And so I couldn't wait to get my breakaway jersey to be you know Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan but, was your choice. Well, Lynn Swan was my choice. Yeah, I, I was not, I was always a receiver. I I I, I did I was not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would play on the front lawns in North Dayton, and you know there would be sidewalks going up to every single house. So we used the sidewalks as the first down markers. And <laughs> um, what's amazing is we played tackle, you know. And I, I guess people still do that today. I, I, I guess, mm-hmm. but we sure just ripped into each other. And you know it was snowy and muddy, and that's to this day when the weather's a certain way. Yeah, I, that's that's the first thing I think about. It's like today is a good day. It's tackle football on the street. Is play tackle football in the street. Tackle football later, mm-hmm. as you know, in, in the book, and uh-huh. we'll say this, we'll say that we'll talk about my tackle football in the streets, any actual street. Yes, story. Yeah, that one. Well, let's do it. Let's do it now because, like I said, in the next conversation we're going to have tons of stuff right there because right. that that to me, it, this this you playing tackle football in the street. Uh, in Ohio, set you up for the moment in The Outsiders, which was your first major motion picture, and talk about your first... I mean, everything about it was major. Um, we'll get further into that since it was Francis Ford Coppola. Right. Uh, but he made you guys, the entire cast, play basically tackle football with no pads no. and in uh, what on a, on a concrete slab, basically to toughen you up? Is that... Yeah, I think... I think- I th- here's what I think in hindsight, because mm-hmm. there's no way Francis Ford Coppola is totally insane. <laughs> so with right. years of hindsight, this is what I think led to this. Mm-hmm. He definitely wanted to toughen us up. He definitely had us doing stuff like spending the night with like people who were actually greasers in the 50s and sort of that sort of method stuff. And I think probably someone working under him took it a couple of steps too far. And the long and short of it is, though, you have me, Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, and the rest of the Swayze, was Swayze, Patrick uh-huh. Swayze, standing around playing these hoods, like full-on gnarly guys that clearly want to knock a tooth out of Hollywood Joe. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we did a couple of plays, and these guys just upended us. I mean, they just closed lining. It was pretty intense. And, you know, a lot of the guys are really competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, Cruz is a, a hothead and ready to go and totally <laughs> enthusiastic and, and, an, and an amazing athlete. And and Swayze is, you know, was, you know, God bless him, he, he, he was good at everything. Literally, truly good. He could he'd, Right, music. He was a rodeo guy. He was a ballet dancer. He was mm-hmm. a moose. You name it. So, but then you had like Matt Dillon, you know, <laughs> who wanted to carry his boombox playing T Rex with his untied <laughs> shoes while he while he while he played. And like I say in the book, I know a blocker when I see one. <laughs> and 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 then problematically, you've got you know Ralph Macchio, who you know is the size of of a, of a flea, and and he was just getting pulverized. Mm-hmm. So. Eventually, Tom Howell, who's the star of the movie and the son of a legendary Hollywood stuntman who understands these things, yes. 
says, hey, huddles us up, and I think he's going to call a play. And it says, hey, here's the play. We're getting the hell out of here. Because <laughs> if I break a leg here, Francis isn't going to hold the movie for me. He's going to cast somebody else to hell with all these guys. Now, Francis, we're out of here. Right. And nobody could argue with the logic. We packed our tent and we left. That's it. You tapped out. Yeah. I don't blame you for tapping out. You gotta tap, you got sometimes you got to tap your helmet, certainly, and, and just get out of the game. Yeah, for sure. So how are you a Colts fan now, Rob? How, how does that happen? Um, interestingly, I think it's a good anthropological study <laughs> of how kids become fans of the league this, in, in this time. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you grow up in, in a city without a franchise, as my kids have in Los Angeles. I think kids are becoming fans based on who they play in Madden. Mm. I really do. Yeah, that's true. You're not wrong. And so my son grew up playing the Colts in Madden and then became a, and so just started, started, you know, thinking about the Colts in that way. And then of course the Colts have Peyton, who's the greatest ambassador mm-hmm. the game maybe has ever had and hilarious. And I hope he doesn't try to come into acting because he can't have it all. <laughs> he can't have he just, it all. He can't have it all. I'm sorry. He just had twins. I don't know if you're aware no. of that. Yes, he did. Oh, gosh. A boy yeah, and a girl. It just adds, it's just instant family. Boom. Oh my. Okay, I'm a little behind. I've got to. I've got to yeah. reach out. No, but... you're writing books. You're selling books. You're in. You're on. You're on hit TV shows. Listen, Jeez, that's, like that's, a... that's how it works, Rob. I'm glad for them. That's so great. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're a great family, the Mannings. Yes. And that's the other thing I like about them. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Sure. So, um, yeah. So we became Colts fans, and my son John Owen literally is, he's the one who should be on this interview because he's a stat freak (laughs) and really knows his football, follows all of the blogs. And one day um, at our local restaurant in Santa Barbara, um, Peyton was was right after he won the Super Bowl, was having dinner with with Ashley's wife. And I went up and introduced myself. We started talking and I got my son to come down, literally out of bed. Mm -hmm. And he started talking to Peyton about the draft. And who he thought were good picks, and Peyton looked at me and sort of nodded, and my son left, and Peyton says, "I don't have any, any idea who these guys are." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, and yeah. so that's it from that from that moment on. The the low family or or a Colts family. That was it, and of course, Jim Irsay uh, is is one of the great uh, characters and great guys and great owners in in the league. And and I, I've come to really adore him, even though I can't understand any of his tweets. I was about to say, have you? I, I can't. I, I, it's it's crazy. I mean, because it's I, like Dylan tunes and and but people people like me have to follow him basically because he coughs up some quality information. Oh, every once in a while, some stuff will come up, and you're like, what? He's not supposed to be tweeting that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, for sure. Bob Sanders but is going to be released. You know? I mean, it's just, that was it, the one that Bob Sanders w- w- was was going to be playing or not, whatever it was. Right, uh, yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe that. It was genius. Yeah, so he's, he's a must-follow. And you're on Twitter, at Rob Lowe. I noticed you sh- you shortened your Twitter name. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I finally got my own Twitter name. Somebody had 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 stolen it, but so yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Lowe, and 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 I think my tweets sort of run the gamut of um, my my current thing is I'm furious at the airlines, so oh, because they're just bad. Okay, airlines are bad. You know what airlines are like now? Airlines are like if restaurants figured out that they could throw the food on the floor, right, and we would sit on the floor and eat it. 
That's that's what the airlines are. Yeah, I mean, be careful though. I mean, because you know, you can get. I, what are they going to do? Cancel Twitter. my flights twice? No, but Twitter, Twitter is it's too accessible sometimes. You know, like players found out with when Jay Cutler got hurt in the NFC Championship game, they just reached for their Twitter and put him on full blast for tapping out and not playing and not caring. And you know, it turned exactly out he tore his can, knee. Can you please tell me what exactly did happen? He tore. I mean, he you... tore. He, he 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 tore part of his knee up. He did. Yeah. But but you know he just doesn't he doesn't here's the thing is by saying he doesn't care of course he cares he wants to win he really wants to win I mean he wants to play he's a competitor I mean you 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 know yeah, what no, being competitor is all about yeah. you know in your profession he's a huge competitor he just doesn't care that people to 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 show it sometimes you right. know I mean he leads the league uh, after games he leads the league at the podium in shoulder shrugs and scratching his eyes and you know, <laughs> no, I threw I know. four picks to D'Angelo Hall I know we'll be fine that was that was the, by the way yeah, that I mean, quote so, I saw that quote that quote you know, the greatest quote of the season <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, he said hey, I'll do it again yeah, you know, I'll throw it again. Yeah, I'll throw him four more. I'll be fine. I mean, you know, I'm not going to change my style. And, you know, as he shrugs his shoulders and people. Say he, I think he actually even led with something that was even more provocative. Like, you know, he, he, I don't. He doesn't really impress me that that much. I'll do it again. Yeah, you know. So, so that's but but but, but players put him on full blast. People like Derek Brooks, who you know retired for a future Hall of Famer, Maurice Jones-Drew, current player. It's like, wow, he's just. He, I can't believe he's quitting. And that's what I mean with Twitter. It's too accessible. Like you know, it, it's it's sort of like. Uh, it's in a way it's like alcohol it fuels you to do things that you you know you don't want to say or do you know no, it is. Listen, it's, it's too accessible it. we're really glad that uh that um Nikita Khrushchev and JFK didn't have Twitter during the Cuban <laughs> Missile Crisis let's put it that way at JFK yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at <laughs> Oh, actually, Khrushchev would be at bangtheshoe.com, I think. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> bang the loafer, at That's bang right. the loafer. Uh, so, okay, uh, what, before I let you go, and then uh, we're going to have you on the next podcast talk about the book. Do, where do you stand on the issue when the Colts are on the clock at this week's draft? Do you think they should draft, if they think a quarterback is there for the future who's going to be ready three years from now, do you think they should go ahead and oh, get boy. and and go ahead and start this well, process of talk a succession. about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, I mean that that's the issue. It's already being talked about because there's a lot of young quarterbacks that may need a few years in the oven, so to speak. Right. And that 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 two three years from now, a la Aaron Rodgers, could be the guy. D- do you think about the succession plan for Manning right now? Well, I, look, I think you I think you have to, even if you're not thinking of it in terms of it being literally a, su- a succession plan. I, I mean, I. I Look, I don't mean to be mean to anybody, but I don't like any of the Colts' backup quarterbacks, period. No. Well, people don't even know their names. No. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I mean, I think at some point you've got to start managing Peyton. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think there are, there are times when he can come out, and I think and you can't afford – I mean, that team last year, when Peyton came out, they they weren't anywhere near an elite No team and there were times when they didn't even seem like an nfl team it, well, i mean that's why he's won four mvp trophies the so question you, he's 35 now now he's 35 so for me it's for me though it's right now it's not even about giving him the signal hey dude we see the writing on the wall mm-hmm. it's not even that it's just like hey dude you know what when you need to take a blow we, we got to have somebody that's not gonna you know fumble away the game for us mm-hmm so I think you have sort of what's what, what's the word plausible deniability I guess is what I'm looking for <laughs> to uh, to go out there and and maybe 
build for the future in, in a way that, 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 that isn't insulting right. to, to, to Peyton. So you would say if they if third round, fourth round, they got a guy that they think they could go for a quarterback, they should they should pull that trigger. Well, I think they could. And you know what? I think Peyton's such a gentleman, a scholar of the, uh, of the game. He mm-hmm. also, if there's a kid who's going to be a stud in the league, mm-hmm. I think um, I think part of him would be like, you know what? You know, I'd like to I'd, I'd like to show you know a kid the ropes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's one of those. I really do believe he's one of those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. he, look, he doesn't want to be pushed out of the spotlight like none of us do. But also, there's a part of you, and I, and I see it in, in what I do. When there's a you know, in fact, I took Taylor Lautner to a Colts game. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> I, I, I with with Jim Irsay, and you know, and I was like, hey, here's here's the rub. Blah 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 blah. Right? You right. Know? Sure. And and there's and and that's part of part of the drill. It's kind of fun to be able to 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 do that a little bit. So I, so I like that is an excellent analogy right there. Right. I like it. But Taylor Taylor Lautner is no Curtis Painter though. You know I mean he's no he, Curtis Painter at no. all. He's he's got Taylor's got some game. Yeah, no question about that. Yeah. Uh, Rob, listen, I appreciate you coming on pre-draft, and I look forward to having you on next week to talk about your book as a whole. Great, thank, thank you. I'll be I'll be watching the draft. We'll we'll see see if we're right. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely, the Colts, I, the I, and uh, John Owen. I'll give him. Should I pull my ear or something? I'll uh, Carol Burnett for John yes, Owen. Should I absolutely should I do that? I'll do that. Yeah, about, give, us, give us a shout out when the Colts are on the clock. You know, for sure. I'll just I'll just I'll I'll do something. I'll pull on the ear or something. Okay, like that. for sure. Thanks, Rob. You bet. Rob Lowe, everybody, and we're going to speak with Rob more next week. Get more in-depth into his book, which I suggest everybody pick up a copy. I'm sure uh, folks who download this podcast, you you are just as big a pop culture freak as as I am and as somebody like Rob is. And it's just chock full of fascinating uh, pop culture moments um, told from a very down-to-earth point of view. We'll talk more about it with Rob Lowe on our podcast next week after the draft. As for this Draft Week podcast, I want to thank Rob for joining me. Same with Nick Fairley, Mike Mayock, Rafi Lalazarian. He's uh, the uh, commissioner of uh, Papa John's contest winner, the Armenian Fantasy Football League. According to Papa John's, the best fantasy football league in the country. I want to thank him and look forward to seeing him in Radio City Music Hall this week. And Thomas Dimitrov of the Atlanta Falcons. want to thank him as well. I also just want to mention this interesting little tidbit fact. I believe I'm bearing the lead here. You could see me the night before the draft on The Late Show with David Letterman. Yes, I'm on with Dave after Kate Hudson. It's going to go Kate Hudson, then with Jason. <laughs> so I can't wait. It's sort of a dream come true being on uh, on uh, Dave's program. Uh, shout out to the Stangle Brothers who were on this podcast a few weeks ago. I don't know if they're uh, part of that process. I believe they are. But at any rate, uh, watch me on Dave and then watch me on the on the uh, draft on NFL Network Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays. For that uh, moment, I, I, I cannot wait. Uh, an actual football event. Oh, man. Let's just hope it's not the only one of 2011. I don't think it will, but. At any rate, um, thanks for downloading this podcast. Watch me on Dave. Watch me on NFL Network. And we'll chat next week on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. Stay listening, dear friends.